Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast Series. Each week we'll be streaming our sermon from within the sanctuary just for you. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all like began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try to get them out. Please accept my regrets. Another one said, I have just been married and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you have Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I had a noisy week. And Wednesday, I grabbed a book from the library shelf somewhat randomly, which I do not often do. Just looking for something to quiet my soul. And so I grabbed a book. It was an edited volume. I sat down in my prayer chair and I opened up to a random chapter by a theologian named Sarah Coakley, and and I just started to read words to quiet my soul. And she began to tell the story of the life of a preacher named W.H. Van Stone, who once wrote, the church is like a swimming pool in which all of the noise is coming from the shallow end. She went on to tell more about his life And then wrote these words. She talked about this uh, theology from the shallow end and the deep end. She said, what defensive practices are characteristic of that shallow end? And what are the signs that something different and more profound is occurring? How much costly formation, how much waiting on the divine are required of those who hope to enunciate beliefs from the deep end. It got me thinking a bit about the deep end of faith and asking the question, how do we get there? How do we get to the deep end of faith and not just settle for life in the shallow end? My grandmother on my mother's side, we called Nina. Nina is one of the classiest ladies that you have ever met in the world. 
She is a classy lady, and whenever you would see her, her jewelry always matched the outfit, and it was the real deal. And her hair color certainly looked like the real deal. Never a hair out of place. It was perfect. Nina was a classy lady, and she would host us every summer for something that we called Camp Nina. We'd go and spend a week at her house, and it was Camp Nina, and she had all kinds of programs and activities that she had planned for us. It was a blast. We loved Camp Nina. And so we looked forward to Camp Nina every year where we got to spend a week just with Nina and all the stuff that she had planned. And one year at Camp Nina, it was decided amongst the family that this was the year that Shauna had to learn how to swim. I was not a fearless child. Some of you have fearless children. Some of you were fearless children. I was not one of those. I had a healthy sense of fear an understanding that my life was limited. I also was not an overly cautious child. I was just the baby of the family, so I could get away with not doing things that I didn't want to do. I had developed a skill at it, in fact. And I really did not want to learn how to swim in the deep end. I was fine in the shallow end. There's lots of fun that you can have in the shallow end. But it had been decided that that summer I needed to learn how to swim. And so uh, Camp Nina, she signed me up for swimming lessons. It was going to happen at a family friend's backyard with several other children. Swimming lessons every day of the week. And she took me faithfully every day to this pool where we learned to swim, mostly in the shallow end. We'd go into the shallow end with little kickboard floaty pads and, and all kinds of devices that she had to make us feel comfortable in the shallow end. But I was a pretty tall kid even back then, and my toes could usually touch the bottom, whatever we were doing. And I was real good at making it look like I was doing everything right, but my toes were still touching the bottom. And I still felt safe and secure. I was getting along just fine. But on the last day of swim class, the way that you passed the swim class, that you finally went on to graduation, we all had to go down to the deep end, jump off of the diving board into the deep end, and swim to the shallow end. That was there when we got our graduation certificate that we had passed swim class. I did not want to jump off the diving board into the deep end. And so we came home that day, the, the second to last day from swim class, and I told Nina, Nina, thanks, this has been so much fun, love Camp Nina, I'm not doing it. I am not going to jump off of the deep end, I'm not going to jump off the diving board into the deep end, uh, I'll do my little kickboards however many times, I'll show you how many laps I can do in the shallow end, I'm not jumping into the deep end. And so Nina, you know, very graciously said to me, honey, I understand that you are afraid. I can understand, but you can do this. And Shauna, you are jumping off that diving board. <laughs> so the next morning we woke up and it was time to get ready for swim lessons. And uh, we finally struck a deal. We finally, after much haggling and much crying and moaning on my part, we struck a deal in which my Nina said that I would jump off the diving board into the deep end only knowing that Nina would also jump off the diving board into the deep end. Now, you need to understand my Nina. She's the classiest lady you have ever seen, never a hair out of place, and in my entire life, I have never seen this woman in a pool or in a bathing suit. 
So I wasn't even sure how that was going to happen. But if she said she was going to jump off the diving board, I believed her. And so if Nina was going to jump in, then I was going to jump in. And so we had this deal. We made this pact. You jump, I jump. And we get there and all of the other kids, they jump off the diving board. They swim to the shallow end. They get their certificate. Everyone applauds. <laughs> Almost, Jeff. Almost. So I, of course, being the timid kid that I was, I did not want to go the very last one. And so Nina said, all right, Shauna, I am going to jump. And you are going to watch me jump in the deep end. And then you are going to jump off that diving board into the deep end of the pool. And I said, okay, Nina, if you jump, I jump. We made a pact. I said I would. You know that I would. And so Nina gets onto that diving board in the classiest summer shorts and matching t-shirt set you have ever seen, looking like a dream, she gets out onto that diving board and jumps into the deep end. She splashes into the deep end, swims all the way to the shallow end of the whole place, all the families that had come to see swim graduation, everyone just erupts and cheering. She secured her place in the grandmother's hall of fame for all eternity. And I still did not jump off that diving board. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, shame on me. Absolutely. I wouldn't do it. And, and you know what? I didn't have to do it. Uh, sure, it was a little bit embarrassing that my grandmother was willing to do it. And I, but I didn't, I didn't have to do it. And I didn't want to do it. And so I got back in the car and we drove back to Camp Nina with my soaking wet grandmother. I was fine in the shallow end. I was safe in the shallow end. Jesus tells a story about a banquet. A man throws a banquet and scripture tells us invites many people. In other words, this is not some very refined short list where just the who's who get invited. No, many people. All kinds of people are invited to this banquet that this man is throwing. It's not an elite, privileged guest list. And the feast finally was prepared. And so the message went out that y'all come, the food is ready, let's celebrate. But when all is ready and the host sends out word through his slave to tell people that the meal is ready, the excuses start rolling in. It seems that these guests all have very busy, very noisy lives. One of them had just bought some land. And, well, that's a lot of work to tend to a new plot of land. You need to hire people. you got to get equipment. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on. It's going to be a really noisy week. And there's no need to put a banquet on the agenda as well. Besides, he just bought a plot of land. So he can feed himself. He doesn't need a banquet to get a meal. And there's another guest who's just bought a yoke of oxen. Now, I've never raised oxen before. It might shock you to learn. We did, in 2020, adopt a COVID puppy. Because when else are you home to train a puppy all the time? And if an oxen is anything like a puppy, it takes a lot of work. You've got to be there to train these oxen to do, well, whatever it is that oxen do. And so it's going to be a noisy week for him, too. 
And besides, he just bought a yoke of oxen. He can feed himself. He doesn't need a banquet to get a meal. And the last guest, well, he just got married. You know, we are in a season in the life of this church, there's a lot of people getting married. Woo! We have got a bridal shower or a wedding almost every week. I'm looking at some of you now. It has just been a busy, noisy. In fact, uh, just yesterday, our very own Pastor Grace got engaged. Yeah. And you too, Austin. Sorry, you too. Austin and Grace both got engaged to each other. We're very excited for you. But you know, it's, it's about to become a really busy, noisy time. Did you know that? Like there's all kinds of stuff that you got to do and, and plans that you have to make and parties that you got to throw. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. It's going to be a busy, noisy week for this guy that just got married. In fact, he's probably already thrown a big banquet, had a big feast. And if he can afford to pay to get married, afford to pay a dowry and to plan a big wedding feast, he can feed himself. He doesn't need a banquet to get a good meal. Last week, we looked at step one in the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over sin and that our lives had become unmanageable. We talked about the fact that these 12 steps, these are not just for folks that are addicted to substances like drugs and alcohol. In fact, this is not just about drugs and alcohol. That is just the tip of the iceberg. There is stuff going on so much deeper under the surface. And so we talked about naming the powerlessness of sin and even naming for you what it is that you, that it, that you are powerless over. We talked about naming that. We talked about the fact that there's so many different ways that we see addiction. There's the hedonistic forms of addiction where you're addicted to pleasure. There's the legalistic forms of addiction where you're addicted to control. But all of it is believing that you can manage your own life only if you've got the right tools. That we have to admit that we're powerless to seek the true manager. This week we look at step two. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I was talking with Pastor Steve, our recovery pastor, about this. Pastor Steve leads a Let's Talk group on Wednesday nights, meets downstairs at 630. We were talking about this step, and, and he said, Shauna, be sure to tell folks that there's a reason that all of these steps have plural language. They talk about we and not about me. He said, people need to know. You got to tell people the reason that it's we language and not me language is because if folks think they can do it on their own, they don't stand a chance. It occurs to me that every guest who declined the invitation probably could have handled their own meal arrangements they probably could have done this on their own, or so they thought. They didn't need to seek a power greater out to the streets, to the poor, to the crippled, the lame, and the blind. In those days, this was code for people who could not feed themselves, who needed a power greater than themselves. People who needed a good meal, perhaps were desperate, one might say, for to be invited and welcomed into a community. People who are hungry, 
we'll make time for a banquet. <laughs> Their calendars were clear. There was no noise drowning out this invitation. It isn't, isn't that just the way that it works? I mean, we live our whole lives on the shallow end if we could. Nobody wants to get into the deep end unless you are desperate, unless you are hungry, unless you desire it so badly. Someone once came to an AA meeting, and because it's Alcoholics Anonymous, we don't know who the person was who said this quote. But apparently in a meeting one night, someone said, you know, religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell. Spirituality is for those who have been there. I think that the religion they're describing is the shallow end. And the spirituality that they're describing is the deep end of a spiritual walk with Jesus. You see, this second step, coming to believe in a power greater than you, in one who has resources that are out of your grasp, that you cannot buy or earn or swindle or prove or deceive or manipulate or control, out of your grasp, a power greater than you can restore you. Restore you to sanity. Restore you to the image of God that you were created in. A power greater than you can do that. And there are lots of people in AA who call that power lots of different things. But here at Trevecca Community Church, we believe that power is revealed in Jesus, the host of the banquet, who is inviting you to a feast and not just trying to keep you so that you think you can keep feeding yourselves in your own power, but to feast, to join him in the deep end of faith. You see, we believe in this sanctifying work of God. It is the deep work of God that doesn't just redirect us from sin, that doesn't just keep us from the stuff that's dragging us down. It actually brings us into this deep relationship with God. We might even talk about it as union with God. In fact, in that book that I was reading this week, it talks about the history of church history where it, it describes a threefold pattern of discipleship. And in all of my research in seminary and doctoral work, I'd never heard of this before, but describes a threefold pattern of discipleship. The first, and these are all kind of words that maybe not, might not be words that you use every day, kind of older words, but the first is purgation. You know, it sounds a lot like purging, and that's the stage where you're removing distractions and temptations. And this is often for people that dipping your toe into the shallow end, when you still need those little kick floaty pads and you need to be sure you're real close to the edge of the pool. This is the stage where for a lot of Christians, you need clear rules and instructions, things that will help to guide and shape you as you get started, where you are removing distractions and temptations. But that's just the beginning. That's just dipping your toe into the shallow end of the pool. The second stage is called illumination. Where finally, now that you are free of distractions, the noise has quieted down. Free of temptations, you can see your whole self in the light of God's truth. God reveals to you who you are and what you are meant to be and helps you to see the things that don't have a place in your life anymore, don't need to have a place in your life anymore. But even illumination is not just so that we can see ourselves clearly. It's all aimed at the third and final stage, which in church history has often been described as union. 
joining the life of God's holy love, finding this place of such close unity with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you see this threefold pattern, you can see that whatever addictions you might be facing, merely purging addictions and sin from your life won't get you to the deeper end. In fact, a lot of folks that have walked recovery journeys talks about the fact that if it's only about getting away from drugs and alcohol, well, you're just going to find something else to fill that hole. You'll always find something else because what we are deeply longing for, what we were created for, is union. Union with God, to be one with God. The only one who can restore us to sanity, to restore us to the divine image in which you were created. Do we have that third one that we can put up there? I think we do. That's it. That's all three of them, just in case you're taking notes today. We talk a lot in the Church of the Nazarene about holiness. Holiness, when Jesus calls us to be holy as God is holy, is an invitation to join God's life of triune love between Father and Son and Holy Spirit. That's what we've been invited into. That is the deeper work that God wants to do in all of us. That is the deeper work. You want to know how I finally learned how to swim? I mean, swim classes were helpful. With the kickboards and all the things that we did, being real close where I could grab the edge whenever I needed, they were helpful. They taught me the mechanics. I finally learned how to swim later that summer when we were all hanging out for a family pool party in somebody's backyard swimming around. <laughs> and my uncle, being an uncle, messing around, he, he grabbed me over in the shallow end and he chucked me into the deep end. I mean, he just threw me. I don't know if he thought that I'd taken swim lessons and so I could probably swim. I don't know what he thought, but he threw me into the deep end, launched me into the deep end like uncles do. And suddenly, I didn't have a choice. It wasn't like, oh, you know, swimming is something I could learn if I feel like it. That could be a fun way to spend my life. No, I was desperate to learn how to get to the side of that pool. And all of a sudden, there in the deep end, I started stroking and kicking, and it was a hot mess. It looked nothing like it was supposed to learn. But I finally made it to the edge of the pool and realized, oh, I can do this. But I didn't want to do it until I was launched into the deep end and suddenly had no choice. I became desperate to learn how to swim. You see, for many, that journey to the deep end sadly doesn't happen until we get desperate, until we want it bad enough We've experienced so much pain and heartache. My prayer for you is that you would desire the deep end without being thrown into it. Without having to gasp and struggle. That you would desire that deep relationship to Jesus without the trip to hell and back. That's my prayer for you. But this morning, today... If you are here and you feel like you are walking through hell right now, 
That is the journey. That is the pathway you were on. And maybe you just came in the doors this morning or tuned in this morning because that this might just be for you the pathway to the deep end with Jesus. It does not have to be the death of you. It could actually be the beginning of you. I'm so grateful for the shallow end and all that I learned in that space in my own faith walk and spiritual journey. It is a place where we can learn to dip our toes in the water. And in the shallow end, faith is a lot about learning boundaries and rules, like no, no running by the pool so we don't slip and crack our head where we join believers for worship every week in Sunday school classes that help us to learn how to pray and read scripture. We learn how to serve others. I'm so grateful for the stuff that is learned in that early place, but don't stop there. Don't just settle for the shallow end. Today, I wanna invite you to lean into that longing, into that hunger, to find a desire that is deep in your soul because God created it there. God put it there when God made you. That deep desire for union with God, to join the life of God's holy love, a desire for something deeper than just showing up to church, a desire for life that is in the deep end of God's love for you. And so this morning, if you want to come and find a place of prayer, even just asking God, if you don't even feel that hunger today, God, would you put that hunger in my heart and in my life? Or if you do feel that hunger, but you didn't know it was Jesus, like you just thought something was killing you, maybe a midlife crisis, I don't know, but you didn't know that it was Jesus that you were hungry for. You gotta find a place to just name it. Say, God, I am hungry for you. There is nothing else that will fill this hole for me. These altars are open place for prayer. And in fact, there's gonna be pastors at the far altar on this side and the far altar on that side that are kind of closest to the wall. If you wanna come and ask a pastor to just join you in prayer, they'd be honored to do that. And then in those middle altars, if you wanna come, that's a place where you can just pray on your own. I also want to ask if our graduates would come to the altars today. We are expecting that as we are equipping, empowering, and sending people into whatever spheres they've been called into, that we are sending you for life in the deep end. Whatever the next step of your journey looks like, if it is college or career or something next, that the education that you've received, this season that you've been in journey with us in discipleship, that it would all be leading you into the deep end with Jesus. So college graduates, if you could come, uh, college, high school, masters, all you smart, smart people, if you wanna come and kneel and find a place where we can just pray over you today. And anybody that wants to come and to pray over them, you are welcome to come and lay hands on them. It's a tradition we have in the church that basically just means we are praying with you in the power of the Spirit. Our prayers are one prayer for you. We're agreeing with God and God's desire for you and for your life. If you'd like to come and find a place of prayer on either of the sides for a pastor to pray with you or, or just to name that deep hunger and longing in your life as we go before God in prayer today, I just want to remind you that God loves you deeply. God loves you so very deeply and desires so much more than life in the shallow end for you.
graduates. We're so proud of you. Ooh, I didn't realize there were so many coming down. I would have gotten us started earlier. We're so grateful for you. Thanks be to God. I want to equip, empower, and send you for life in the deep end. And so, brothers and sisters, would you join me as we pray this morning? Gracious God, you have been so very good to us, sending us your son Jesus and giving us new life in Christ and sending the power of the Holy Spirit to enliven us and to bring us back to life after we were dead in sin. And so, God, we thank you. Thank you today. Lord, we ask that you would be at work in our lives. God, would you help us to just get honest in these days, be honest about the addictions, the sins, the things that are holding us back. Help us to be honest with you about anything that is keeping us from being all that you made us to be, designed in your image. Lord, today, would you place a desire, a hunger deep within us, a hunger for you, and if there are those here today praying, asking for that, hungering after you, God, we ask that you would meet them, that you would respond to them, and that you would fill that hunger. Would your provenient grace go ahead of them, the grace of God that paves the way, go ahead of them so that they can find their way into discipleship spaces and places where they can make that journey into the deep end, where they can illuminate, learn more about themselves, and finally find that complete union with you where they are caught up in your holy love. Lord, today we thank you so much for the folks that have been on this journey here with us in this church. Our students that have been raised in this church, gone through our pre-K and children's ministry and youth group, and here they are getting ready to graduate and send them off. Lord, you called us, Trevecca Community Church, to be about equipping and empowering and sending. And so God, we ask right now that all that we have poured into the lives of these students, that God, you would gather up every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears that youth workers and Sunday school teachers and folks from all over the church have poured into their lives. God, that you would gather it all up and somehow in the economy of your kingdom that you would make it so much better than everything we ever had to say or teach them. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would translate for them in incredibly divinely inspired ways. That your grace would go ahead of them in their discipleship journey. Go ahead of them to whatever this next chapter is gonna be. God, we ask for a smooth path. That there wouldn't be stumbling blocks in the way that would trip them up, that they wouldn't need the kind of pain and suffering that so many have endured to seek out life in the deep end. But God, for every amount of pain that is in the journey, we ask that you would not waste the pain, but that the pain would drive them closer to you. Lord, for our college graduates who are getting ready to, to head out to all kinds of places, being equipped, empowered, and sent all over the world, Lord, we thank you for this time and space that we got to learn from them, that they shaped us as a church, Lord. Would we be forever changed because of their presence with us? And Lord, would they be forever changed because of their time with us? God, we ask that your hand would be upon them, that you would bless them, that your grace would go ahead of them. For those that are graduating with master's degrees and doctorates this morning, God, we ask that you would continue to shape them to hunger after more education and learning, that they would forever be the kinds of people who want to go deeper, that they would forever be the people that are always looking 
to go deeper and deeper in the calling that you've placed on their lives and in the relationship that they have with you. And so God, we trust you with these folks today. Lord, you entrusted them to us. Some of them, since they were little babies, you trusted them with us. And so now, Lord, we trust them with you. Your hands are good hands, and we know that you will take good care of them. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus. And like we do every Sunday, we pray the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us on campus next week, we have discipleship classes beginning at 9 a.m. followed by service at 10.30. That service will be streamed to Facebook Live. We hope to see you there.